One of my all-time favorite quotes like ever is it starts off by saying nature loves courage. If you dream the impossible dream, um, life will not grind you under, it will lift you up. It's just, it's like, I get goosebumps every time I hear it. We are ultimately made of energy and of these tiny little particles. And when you are fully in alignment, like you, you believe what you want, you feel what you want, like your emotions and your, your mind kind of align, then you're putting a certain vibration up. So that vibration comes back to you through the universe. That's why it feels like I've just literally drops things into your hands and like we're literally just living a dream like you have so much power to just control your life and just to to live the dream that you really want to and i've learned that time and time again and i think that's also a big thing that i want to bring to people is, sure. is just having that mindset of like an abundance of like hey why shouldn't i have this like i could absolutely have this dream tomorrow if that's what i really wanted <laughs> hello and welcome this is self-control how to build a better life the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live. My name is Patrick Strevens, and this podcast, it's something of a, a journey for me. Uh, I'm chronicling my journey towards peace of mind, and I'm honored that you would make uh, this podcast a part of your journey as well. Today, part one of my conversation with Nikki Barnes, self-described rewilding coach and a world traveler. A young woman with a, a real, I would say, a fount of wisdom and life experience and, uh, and a, an eye towards her better life and a better life for those that she uh, comes across in her travels. So we spoke about a lot of things in this episode. I think there's a lot of practical, constructive um, tips that you can take home for yourself to start living a better life today. Uh, specifically, we spoke about mindfulness. What is it? It's kind of a buzzword. As, as Nikki concedes, it's like veganism. It's a buzzword that some people uh, reel back when they hear it. But what does it mean? Uh, and how can we practice it in our daily life? You know, it's something I've spoken a lot about, uh, but I was really glad to dig in on what it means and get someone else's perspective on how we can be mindful and how we can practice mindfulness and how it does indeed begin to lead us towards a better life. Uh, a huge part of mindfulness, of course, is breathing. And uh, Nikki and I spoke about some some ways that you can improve your breathing and, and how improved breathing uh, improves your quality of life. Uh, beyond that, we also spoke about mindful eating and the way in which tasks such as eating, drinking, breathing, things we things we have to do every day, and how they can be done in a mindful way to bring again a better quality of life for you and me and her. Um, at the end of this episode, we we sort of transition into what will sort of become uh, the, the theme of the second part of the episode. But I want you to hear the beginnings of our discussion on how you can, in fact, envision your better life and how it's important to develop clarity about exactly what you need. You know, we can talk all we want about a better life, uh, but what are the steps that we need to take to begin to actually work towards it? And uh, clarity and a vision of that life, uh, for Nikki at least, is where it starts. So I'm not going to go too much more into it. There's a lot of a lot of practical tips, you know, be ready to hit the pause button and maybe have a, a pen and paper or, a, you know, a note app open on your phone. And uh, please make use of, uh, of what she shares here. I know you'll uh, enjoy it. I know you'll find it constructive. And I know I did. And I'm blessed to meet people through this show who uh, make my life better every day. Uh, and I hope that some of that rubs off on you, the listener. So please enjoy this one. Part one of my conversation with Nikki Barnes. All right. Well, Nikki, thanks so much for uh, making time to chat with me. I've been looking forward to it. We've been uh, trying to line it up and we finally did. So uh, a happy new year and, and thanks again. 
Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Um, yeah, it really has been a while. I think we contacted each other about a couple of months ago and then yeah. you're a bit going under the rebranding of your podcast and now finally happens in the new year. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> that's, and I think things sort of happen when they're meant to happen, you know? Exactly. I believe that too. <laughs> Do you remember how we initially connected? I actually have no idea. I was trying to think about it. I could have actually checked our messages, but I can't remember if I approached you through finding your podcast or if you found me on a group somewhere. Mm. But either way, it's kind of just fell into place. Uh, absolutely. Perfectly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And what I've, it may have been the Facebook group. Uh, it's like a mindset <laughs> development group or something. Yeah, something like that. But it's always what, a nice place to connect with people. Well, it is. It's, I've found that there's so many like-minded people out there and, you know, social media gets a bad rap for good reason, but it, it does bring people together. It can do that. Definitely. I'm, I'm always torn about that because, like, recently, I, I even mentioned it to you, I deleted social media for almost three weeks mm -hmm. now over Christmas because I just wanted a break and downloaded it again and I had, like, 20 messages to get back to. I was just like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not ready for this. Um, and I was thinking kind of like, okay, well, is there a way I can live my life online without social media and decided against it because um, probably some of my favorite opportunities in life so far that I've had have actually come through places like Instagram and Facebook, right. which is really surprising. So it's always kind of just like a balanced thing, right? <laughs> well, it is, it is, it is. And you can't see it as being a net negative or net positive. Maybe it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's how you use it, I suppose. Exactly. If it's more a tool than a right. a little addiction vortex, then it's then it's right. <laughs> I actually I'm the same as you. I took most all, all social media off my phone a couple of weeks ago, but I've been right. like I need it for the podcast. I need it like you say. There's I get work through some Facebook groups sometimes. Like it's how I connect with with the scene here. Um, mm. But I think I need to start making it's just like an hour a day. Just like we check our emails in the morning. Maybe just check yeah. social media. Uh, in the morning or whatever, whenever during the day, you know, just so it's not constantly in my hand, you know? Yeah. I've started doing that as well, like having more of a rule and also just like using it to post stuff or to connect and to use it with intention mm. rather than, like you say, picking it up and just like scrolling through because then it's like you think, oh, just five minutes and then an hour goes by. Um, so, yeah, that definitely, definitely helps to have a bit of discipline in mind. And I find it's really shocking. Like now I was in, in Bali for six months last year, and that's like the digital nomad hub. And everybody lives on their phones. It's really terrifying. So huh. you kind of like speak to people there about like, hey, so like when do you actually pick up your phone? And they're like, oh, no, it's right next to my bed. So I just wake up and like grab it. And it's really um, not what we should be doing at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, actually – Actually, interesting that we got started on this topic, but um, yeah, it would be really cool if more people actually left their phones on like airplane mode, which I thought was completely normal, but apparently not, <laughs> and just leave them for the first hour or two minutes, like, oh, now I'm speaking German because I'm in Austria. Oh, um, please. <laughs> but like leave them for the first hour or two of the day and then get started with like you, like you just mentioned, you went for a walk and mm -hmm did your little routine and now you kind of get ready to go with the rest of the day. Oh, I, I think that's a great point. And I, I would say too, that on this show, I'm trying to sort of serve the listener by giving them tips and, and ways to think about. So it's not just me telling them how to live, but it's like if we could give them some sort of constructive practices to start like today. And I think that's a huge one is like, I stopped taking my phone to the bedroom and I stopped. Well, that was a huge mm. one, right? Like, don't yeah. you know you don't and so you're saying you even go further and put it on airplane mode so it's not even 
it's not even receiving. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really interesting because I kind of need my phone for for my online work, but um, I'm very unreachable. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. no idea how that works. Um, but yeah, I think a little while ago, I was, I was like everyone else was using my phone all the time um, and I just didn't think anything of it. And then I think about a year and a half ago when I started going more into the business side of things, I thought, okay, well, actually, I don't want to spend so much time on my phone. I want to use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I set ground rules for myself and I find myself um, feeling a lot more creative and having a lot more space in wow. my mind and just having more time to actually spend time on doing things that I wanted to do, like meditating and journaling and going for a walk or going to gym. Um, So like, for example, my basic ground rules is I always switch it on airplane mode from roughly from like 5 p.m. until 9 a.m. So that's quite a big window. Um, Yeah, generally for the first hour, at least I don't check my phone um, unless I obviously have to wake up and like get straight on a call or something. But I try not to plan my days like that. And then like on downtime, especially in the evenings or like during lunch, sometimes I'll check my phone for maybe like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's like luxury time just to have <laughs> sure. it on the side there, I allow myself that. But I think now since deleting it, I realized I actually don't even enjoy that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, I was still kind of just like, oh, it's kind of interesting to see what my friends are doing. And now I just have no interest because... I enjoyed so much my own time, like right. being creative and drawing more and being outside more and focusing more on myself. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd actually like to hear how you experiencing that deleting everything, at least off of your phone. Yeah, well, I think you make a great point is that when you when you take that opportunity to connect with other people away, it, it can it can be a positive thing because it forces you to sort of develop your own inner voice. I, mm. I spoke about that a bit on a recent episode that's going to come out shortly, but I, I worry that, well, at least I try to speak just from my own perspective at this point, but it's like my un, my inner voice, I think, was underdeveloped because I spent so much time trying to understand what other people thought and what other people were doing. And so that can be a scary place, I think, for some people because now suddenly they're left with their own thoughts and they would rather mm-hmm. be rather be distracted. So, But what you're saying is exactly what I would also say is like use that free time to create journaling is huge for me, you know, Mm. physical exercise, of course, like all the time you would spend filling your own head and your own life with external forces and external thoughts. Now you're forced to, or you should develop the ecosystem inside yourself, right? Which is in my view, it's, it's as infinite as the universe. What's our potential, you know, for thought and creation. Yeah. And you just got to tap into that. Well, not even tap into it, just lean into it. It's like, we're way too scared of ourselves ultimately and we spend hmm. and we spend all whole lives inside of our bodies and inside <laughs> of our minds like why not just lean into it and get used to it um <laughs> i find like one thing that i catch myself saying a lot to people is just learn how to be bored <laughs> hmm. um because i mean if you think about it like i don't know our ancestors even even like a hundred years ago and people also like living in tribes like right. they have all children for example children that don't have ipads <laughs> <laughs> um, they have no problem entertaining themselves it's like you give them a stick and they'll start drawing in the sand or they'll build something or they'll hit their friends on the head but they're having a good time <laughs> um and we kind of lose connection with that it's like if, if someone doesn't have a phone in their hand or work to get to or something to do they start stressing and then they start falling into depression or they start really like letting their minds run away with them which Mm -hmm. which is amazing to me because like if you actually just 
put everything down, even if it's like an hour a day, or um, I like to try and take every Sunday to not have any technologies, like no TV, no phone, like sometimes not even music. Um, And then you just like, you're really forced to look at like, hey, actually what makes me feel good? Where am I at? Like, how am I feeling inside? Um, What is my mind like trying to pull me towards or what emotions are coming up for me and kind of like being Mm. forced to deal with these things. And then, like you say, doing something as vital as journaling where you can just like splurge everything out. You don't even need to like talk to someone about it. You can just get everything out there and you'll find like in the new week you you have so much renewed energy and clarity. That's that is that what you find that by completely detaching because that's a scary place for some people. If but like you say it or like I'm saying it's it has to be a repeated practice where you almost like training a muscle, you're going to train yourself to be mindful and, and disconnected, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because like recently I started working with a client who for work has to be on his phone quite a lot because mm-hmm. he works on, with social media. Mm. Um, but also he, he picks up his phone in between work as well. Mm. And he checks it first thing in the morning and he checks it last thing at night. So it's just like always in his life. And I told him like, okay, well, this has to stop. You have to take an hour in the morning at least, no phone, an hour in the evening, no phone. And also like when you're at gym and when you're eating, no phone. Mm. Like all the other times, use it for work. Um, and once he started doing that, he was like, I feel amazing. Like wow. <laughs> I, I, it was actually really interesting, The um, like the shift in him. He started actually becoming more mindful and being more open to enjoying smaller and simpler things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him, like his thing was that he was overthinking a lot. And I really do believe that it's because he was always on his phone, which is always like just cramming everything in your mind. You never yes. have time to get it out there. And then about a month after kind of controlling his his times, just being on the phone, mm-hmm. he came up to me and he was like, so my favorite part of my trip here in Bali has been just sitting on the bike, driving on the way back home. And that blew my mind because it was such a simple thing that I never would have thought would be my highlight of this whole trip. Um, and I think if he hadn't started actually having more time to actually be mindful and be present and be without his phone as a distraction, um, I don't think he would have experienced that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Cause he's, I, I suppose the phone, it overstimulates us, right? Cause it's, and it's, oh, it's that, time. it's that dopamine thing of like always something new, like a novel stimulus every few seconds. Mm-hmm. Whereas and I saw a post actually on your page that reminded me of something I've said is like the beauty of like standing in the kitchen and cutting up a carrot. I think your example was eating, a, <laughs> eating a grape. It's like, yeah. <laughs> life presents these incredibly beautiful moments just in the real material world. And our brains are almost being conditioned to just ignore that. And to just, uh, in a sense, we're getting away from the human experience, I think, or at least mindful, present human experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The human experience is an interesting one to, to talk on. Cause it, I guess it is like multifaceted. I guess it, at this point, like technology is a part of the human experience and it can go off in many different ways, but mm-hmm. I think, I mean, not think, but like, I definitely feel and believe that mindfulness is one of the main factors to being happy because I mean, you just see all the masters speaking about it. You look at children or you look at animals and they're just completely present, carefree, and they're happy. And there's a reason people say meditate, journal, go for a walk, do breath work, do all these things because you're going to be more mindful and you're going to be more carefree and you could have like a hundred tasks in a day, but if you focus on just the one that you can do now, right. 
everything's going to melt away and you're going to actually be a lot more effective. So yeah, mindfulness is a really important topic. Maybe we should chat about that a little bit. Well, let's do that. And one thing I would say before we go down that road is it was probably April of last year that I had a gentleman on my podcast and he spoke about mindfulness and he actually on the course of the podcast retaught me how to breathe, which was kind of a humbling experience to realize that I wasn't breathing properly, you know, <laughs> but the point being was that I was very unaware of, in fact, that I was a mindless person for a lot of like mindfulness was not a part of my life. And then mm. it, it became such. So I guess what I'd say, what I would ask you is we can talk about mindfulness, but was there a moment for you or how could someone perhaps become aware of the fact that they are not mindless? Like what are sort of the symptoms that maybe we ought to look at if, uh, if we need to be working on our mindfulness? I think it's generally like if people are always planning the next thing, they're always like, okay, I'm here now, but I, I feel like I need to plan for that or this is happening next. So I need to go there next. Or um, like even when they're sitting down watching TV, they're already thinking like, oh, just now I need to run to the shops. Um, and sure. when they're cooking, they're like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to fill up the dog's water bowl or run around instead of just like being there and like, okay, right now I'm watching TV. I've decided to do this guilt-free. I'm enjoying mm. like an hour and hour, whatever of time to watch this movie. And later on, I'll take care of everything else. Mm. Um, I think I didn't necessarily have a point where I specifically realized I wasn't being mindful. I just started kind of picking it up over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of just like blended on organically where I just started practicing more and more. Okay. Um, I know most people like who aren't familiar with it, it's really interesting, have like a resistance towards it because we're kind of taught like we kind of assume that mindfulness and meditation are the same thing. And most people have tried meditation and been like, that doesn't work for me because it's really hard. Right. Um, <laughs> so meditation, um, yeah, it's also a really interesting one that I think in me that's probably been addressed in some of your other episodes. But for me, like mindfulness, I like to say, like for people who want to start practicing it, it's definitely like you were saying, um, going for a walk mm -hmm. because you have nothing else to do. You leave your phone behind and you just focus. Um, like for me, my favorite thing is the sensory check-in. So mm -hmm. first of all, you focus on your eyes and you're like, okay, so how many colors can I see? And then like, mm -hmm. how many textures can I see? And um, how much movement is there? Like, oh, you'll notice that there's a bird flying there and a cat running there and a kid behind you. And then you ask yourself, okay, so what? how many layers of sound can I hear? Um, and how? what am I physically feeling? So you feel like the sun on your skin or the wind on your face. Um, and then you just kind of like run through all of your sensations. And then inside after you've kind of like integrated all of those and you go, you know, like, inside of yourself more mm -hmm. and then you can check out okay so how am i actually feeling like what is present in my energy or in my body today like what needs to be expressed and then that's that's a really nice way to be mindful mm. um and yeah another one obviously that's easy is eating like just not watching tv not being on your phone just paying attention to like how it tastes how it feels how it smells all of that like that's such an easy sensory practice that is ingrained in us biologically mm -hmm. um so i think it makes absolute sense for people to take advantage of three meals a day like time to just sit and do nothing else but eat <laughs> that's awesome well and that's that's great advice right there is because i think it's also as much as we may not be aware of our mindlessness or non-mindfulness it's also like okay well that's just a word it's kind of a buzzword in some ways 
How can hmm. we actually work on doing it? So that's that's some great advice right there. The other one for yeah. me with mindfulness is, is just taking control of your breathing, right? Diaphragmatic, deep breaths through the nose, not breathing through the mouth. And it's funny. It's like if you were to do all of what you just said, like pay attention to everything you can see, hear, taste, touch, smell, and controlled your breathing, you would have no time for anxiety or thoughts about what other people were doing. You know, you'd be you'd be busy. Exactly. In a good you'd way. be busy, but also you'd be able to filter things a lot better because mm. once you actually, I think especially when the, when the breath work comes in, you actually are able to process any anxiety, for example, that comes up because you go like, yeah. okay, well, I feel there's this tension in my chest. Okay, how can I release that? And then you just breathe through that and it kind of just dissipates. And I mean, if there's anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't actually tried breath work or breathing like it doesn't have to complicate it there are mm-hmm. so many courses out there and i do recommend trying at some point working with a breathwork instructor because that's just a next level um experience mm. but you, it's as simple as just like for example box breathing i was kind of introduced with that that's just sure. breathe in for four seconds you hold it for four seconds you breathe out for four seconds and you hold it for four seconds and it's so easy and you can do that in the morning you can do it when you're feeling anxious you can do it when you're feeling overly excited or when you want to go to sleep um, and it's it's like people we'd like we need to do it more often actually just be more aware of breathing and actually just take the time even if it's five minutes or 15 minutes a day to just breathe because yeah. um, that also automatically is like a meditation you're so filled up and distracted by the breathing that mm-hmm. you have no time to think about anything you're counting the breaths or mm-hmm you're feeling the sensations or you're holding it and you're challenging yourself by holding the breath. And um, I think that's a really nice and really important practice to put into the day because automatically you'll also be able to call in it in situations when you actually need to breathe deeper. <laughs> that's interesting. And that's that's a great point. And what I see, I guess what I keep remembering through doing this show is like, yes, we have to train that uh, that muscle or that reflex to do what you're saying, to breathe properly, to be mindful. But uh the more we do it, the better our quality of life actually is. Like, this is not me giving you a homework assignment because I'm your teacher. This is me saying a better life is actually possible through just doing these somewhat basic things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're completely basic. We we all breathe and we all can breathe and it's right. accessible. Not like it takes any extra time because we're breathing anyway. <laughs> right. So it's really just a matter of like, you know, even when, when you're like washing your dishes, if, if you're too way too stressed that you're like, I don't want to take five minutes to breathe and breathe while you're washing your dishes and you go right. scrubbing, holding, let it go, carry on. And then you'll find your like your mood increases, you're going to feel more relaxed, you're going to feel more open to the day or maybe to the end of the day, like whatever mm-hmm. comes, it's, it's just... Yeah, I really couldn't recommend it more as, like you say, to just improve the quality of life through like one of the most simple things that are way too easily overlooked. Um, yeah. Well, and you make a great point is like when you when you are doing those day-to-day tasks that we all have to do, that's a great moment to work on the mindfulness and work on breathing, right? Washing mm. dishes or, or whatever other tasks you have to do. It's like, why, why do that? Why make that task more miserable by being clenched up and, and, you know, driving yourself into an anxious spiral? Exactly. That's actually um, another thing. Is like a lot of the time we, we don't, we get so caught up in our minds that it's like in the beginning when you're, when you're so caught up in your mind, it's difficult to maybe catch yourself when you're yes. being, um, 
not mind, not mindful, mm-hmm. I don't know, not in the presence. Um, so a really nice pointer for for people who want to like start kind of getting more familiar with themselves and catching themselves out is actually listening to your body. Mm. Um, Cause just what you said there, like what's the point of being all clenched up? And it's true because like when you're tense or stressed or anxious or anything, you're, you're probably like, we all have our things. Like I tend to clench my jaw mm. and I stand on the sides of my feet, which is really weird. But mm. whenever I do that, I know, okay, well now I need to ground myself. I need to like, loosen the jaw and whatever it is like mm-hmm. breathe or go for a walk or speak or yeah mm-hmm. just like pay attention to what your body's telling you because that's going to be such an easy way to to pick up that you need to ground yourself and relax and release um so it could be like some people move their fingers and other people mm-hmm. clench their jaws and other people tap their feet and mm-hmm. just like start paying attention to your triggers and to your body's signals. Um, and that way you'll be able to pick up a lot easier on like when you can step in and take a deep breath or take a walk or whatever you kind of feel like you need. That's awesome. I think, yeah, that's great. If you, my, 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 I guess my outreach to the audience is always, if you feel like a better life is possible for you, then here's some advice. So, it's this show is an invitation for other people, including myself, to be more in touch with their body. Now, I don't know if it's like the mind and the body and are separate things, or if it's maybe all just one <laughs> disconnected ecosystem. I think when I was younger, and as I even got older, I was disconnected from my body. And this, the last year, has been a really interesting journey in becoming more in touch with. And I don't know how far down the road you go of like the chakras and the way energy flows through the body, but that was all foreign mumbo jumbo to me until I realized that it was actually real, you know, and that it was whatever trauma or whatever happened. I was divorced from myself in a way. And it's been a process of coming back to uh, being a whole being, I think. Yeah, definitely. What have been your biggest takeaways so far with your, your journey to connecting more to your body? I think with, there was a lot to do with eating. Like you were saying, there was probably, there was mindless consumption, like on the mouth level of just like, Chew, 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 not even breathing, you know, was one. Mm-hmm. And then, so then that led to overeating or upset, upset stomach or whatever, because you're not digesting properly. And then here I noticed is like, when you're, when you've eaten a bunch, it might be a good idea to give your, your gut and your stomach and your intestines some room, like let them expand where I was, I was clenching because whatever reason I was ashamed about food or I had some complex that I'm not going to bother you with right now, but What I realized is like there was a disconnect from the top of my body to the bottom, like my head and my lungs. And then my gut was like a separate thing that I kind of avoided in some ways. So uh, rethinking how I eat, but also how I digest was, was huge. And that happened this summer. And so, and I'm 33 years old. So, (laughs) you know, if I can, you know, it's, it's, please, that's, it's, I hit a dead end because I, I hadn't actually said it out loud yet. So. Uh, mm. <laughs> if that's resonating with you, maybe you have something similar. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a tricky one because it's you would think it's something that's so basic because like we've been eating our whole lives, but we're not taught to be aware of it. And mm. um, even just like you say, there's it's like my the one thing that like really gets under my skin is when people just shovel their food down and they're <laughs> they're just like not there. Um, I oh, think right. it's just it's me out on a sensory level but <laughs> <laughs> it's also just like if you if you actually watch someone who is really present while they're eating i'm just taking this eating example 
they are they're completely calm they're completely still and and here it actually comes back to the breath that you're supposed to be breathing in a very down regulated way mm. um so like you're not supposed to eat when you're stressed because then again you'll get um indigestion your food won't be absorbed the same way you'll be um, creating more toxins and you'll probably get bloated and feel uncomfortable um whereas you could just eat and down regulation basically just means you're breathing out longer than you're breathing in so if you're mm. feeling stressed and your food is there and you you catch yourself thinking like oh i feel very like tense right now you can just breathe in for like six seconds and breathe out until all the air is out and just do that a few times until you're really like grounded and calm um but they also say like you're supposed to when you're breathing uh when you're eating you almost breathe so shallow it's almost like you're not breathing at all mm. um that is your it's the same sleeping it's like your body goes into this complete digest mode and like this rest slow mode um so it's it's almost kind of like your breath goes in and goes out it's just like one smooth slow motion it's almost like a you could imagine like the breath is like a flat line when you're eating sure um of like or, or or holding it like a lot mm. of people hold their breath um which i used to catch myself doing a lot um so yeah i don't even know what point i was getting at but um well, that's it's okay. definitely definitely a really important thing to pay attention to the way we eat yeah even. yeah and don't worry about making a point i it's best just to get it all out sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because i i heard it was like, it was a comedy podcast where this woman was was like making fun of her own mother for being a you know a, a hard ass helicopter parent but the the mom said to the child are you maybe going to take some breaths between bites and that was the first time i'd ever heard that i was like Oh, oh no. Right. Like there's a, there's a, there's a bigger issue here. And then now I'm thinking, well, I used to be on my phone a lot when I was eating, but now that I'm off that, my mind went to, well, what can I do when I'm eating? It's like, well, how about eat when you're eating, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that it comes back down to um, learning to be bored and learning to just be content mm -hmm. with like what you're doing right now. It's like, why should we do something or why should we be entertained while we're eating? Like is right. like eating should be enough entertainment and it's actually such a joyful thing to do because we're nourishing ourselves with food that's going to keep our bodies like give our bodies the energy that we need to actually enjoy this life. Right. Um so like food is life for me. I just I love food because it tastes good and it gives you so much. And um if you read a book, for example, like Darren O'Lean's Super Life. Okay. Uh, I can I can write you the name afterwards so you can link it in there. But um, that one was a really interesting one for me because he he writes in a really like easy to understand way, but also um, on a kind of like sciencey level. So you actually understand how the food is broken up and absorbed into your body. Mm. Um, he also speaks about like even hydration, like water, just right. the type of water that you drink and um, the quality of it and all of that, like that also affects your, your general, your mood and your energy and everything else. So, um, yeah, it's like all of these basic life forces, really like breathing, movements, eating, hydration. Um, those are all things that we, we all have the opportunity to actually do better at because they're like, they're in our lives all the time. So obviously they're going to make a big impact on our mood and our overall health. Um, so yeah, I really would encourage everyone to just start looking more into, yeah, just living a healthier lifestyle through simple things like that. Um, but yeah, I guess that book will be a good place to start for a lot of people. 
Okay. It was really interesting for me. Awesome. It's funny because, well, I guess one thing I did want to ask you is that like, you work with people directly coaching them in this sort of, because, well, your term is what, rewilding, but it's something like, well, why don't you first tell me what it is that you, <laughs> how you would describe yourself? And then I have, a, I guess, a follow-up question to that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, well, kind of how I describe rewilding is, in, at least in the terms of like what I'm doing with more human rewilding. Because it actually um, stems from like ecosystem rewilding. Gotcha. Um, basically, just reconnecting to yourself through nature. So, mm. um, like, I obviously always found myself happiest when I was outside, and I find also like like you were saying, you also had this this mind body disconnect, and it's basically bridging that gap through mm. simple ways like um, we naturally breathe, we naturally move, we mm. naturally need to be outside. So, getting outside first thing in the morning and having sunlight on your face, for example. Mm. Um, and just looking at really basic ways and and also like learning from nature to how to reconnect with yourself. So like when you're going on a walk, you can also learn lessons from nature. Um, that's kind of like the basics of sure. what I do. <laughs> right. And we, we can dig into the specifics. My follow up just because we were going this way was like, uh, is there something that when so I guess my question is, do people come to you more often than not realizing they have an issue or realizing they'd like to explore this idea of like, what is it? I guess that it goes back to the awareness piece is like, if I realize that modern culture and technology is kind of taking me away from myself, like are people coming to you at that stage or are people like less aware even of how disconnected they've become? Um, they're very much not aware. Like when they start working with me, then they're like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a lot of things that I need to work through. Um, Generally, I don't know, it's been a couple different reasons that people have come to me so far. Um, generally, they are curious about what I do and they're like, I, need, I know that something needs to change and I know that I'm not fully connected to myself or not quite where I want to be. Um, but I know that I want to do something about it. And um, I don't know, people kind of just gravitate towards me at the moment. It's I think it's just because when I'm sharing stuff, especially like on social media, when I'm speaking to people in real life, I'm just very much myself and very open and super mm-hmm. passionate about just like, like my whole thing is really just like my bigger vision is, is getting people to, um, actually, let me explain it this way. So initially, like a while ago, I had this vision of like wanting to make the world, the planet a better place because I was so in love with nature. Um, and I was very like, no, anti-people. That was when I was like a teenager and I was just like, nah, people are the problem to all the, <laughs> right. all the disasters in the world. I'm very close-minded. And then I kind of realized like, no, actually, if I want the world to be a better place, I have to make the people better and I may have to make them happier. Um, this is also after I started loving myself more and accepting mm. myself more and then I started loving others more. Um, so I kind of started working with people so that they could love themselves and love each other more and then through that make the world a better place for animals and for people and okay. for nature. Um, so my ultimate goal really is just to help people be super happy with themselves and in love with themselves and just living the best quality of life that they can just by being more connected to themselves Mm. because that means closer connection to their intuition, to their energy. They'll have more um, stability in their mood and more Mm. motivation, more purpose of life. Um, Because I think just by being living like a simpler, slower lifestyle, you already have purpose just in that alone. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of like my... 
Now, my whole dream. <laughs> that's well, that's a great dream. And it's funny to hear, it's funny to come from like the sort of petulant, not petulant, but the little teenager who has this gigantic dream of, <laughs> and then, but you distilled that over the decades or over the years, at least to being like, this is a way that I can actually tangibly make the world a better place. If that yeah. were possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting how the process goes. And I don't know, like, I mean, right now I'm 25, so um, oh, okay. I know have a long way to go and I know that my vision I have had for so many years um, and I didn't take action on it forever because I was like I'm not ready yet and yeah then I kind of just learned messy action is the way forward yes. through life so um, if there's something you take away anyone listening to this messy action if you have a dream out there just go for it mm-hmm. um, one thing I've learned in life for sure and I see you nodding your head a lot there so <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot um, but I, I couldn't agree more. It, the, uh, and the the universe seems to reward those that take action. Oh uh, yeah. You know, and that, that focus, or not focus, but that momentum builds and then you, you get help on a cosmic scale. It's true. It sounds crazy, it is, but it's true. It's so true. I mean, one of my, my all time favorite quotes like ever is, it starts off by saying nature loves courage. If mm. you dream the impossible dream, um, life will not grind you under it will lift you up. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's like, I get goosebumps every time I hear it because it is. And that's also kind of like a little bit more on the sciencey side of things, just with like quantum physics or sure. you can call it law of attraction or the universe or God or like whatever you want to call it. Um, but it is like, we are ultimately made of energy and all these tiny little particles and when you are fully in alignment, like you, you believe what you want, you feel what you want, like your emotions and your, your mind kind of align, mm-hmm. then you're putting a certain vibration out to you. So that vibration comes back to you through the universe. That's why it feels like life just literally drops things into your hands. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's we're literally just living a dream. Like you have <laughs> so much power to just control your life and just to, to live the dream that you really want to. And I've learned that time and time again. Um, and I think that's also a big thing that I want to bring to people is, sure. is just having that mindset of like an abundance of like, Hey, why shouldn't I have this? Like I could absolutely have this dream tomorrow if that's what I really wanted. <laughs> well, it's true. And it's now a few years ago, even I would have, this would have sounded like mumbo jumbo or it, because I was vibrating, I suppose at a lower level, you might say, but <laughs> I mean, I can't say it any better than you did, so I'm not even going to try, but (laughs) can you speak to then what are some things that people might do? You talk about living in alignment or perhaps raising our vibration. If we feel like we deserve more or are capable of more, what's something I could do tomorrow to start sort of aligning myself so that my desires and my life sort of start to come together or not even desire because desire itself is a problem. But let's say you, (laughs) let's say before I completely lose control, I want to start manifesting a life that feels better than the one I'm living. How can Mm -hmm. I start to align myself? I would say the number one thing to do is um, have clarity because a lot of the time people are like, I'm unhappy with my job and I'm unhappy in my relationship. I am unhappy with myself and how I look and how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I want something different. I want what they have. I want this. I want that. Um, but we're not actually super clear about it. So I think one really, well, not think I do it actually every couple of months, um, is I write down my ideal day Oh, and, um, that is a really nice one because it's, it kind of taps into your imagination as well. And the whole point here is to be completely unfiltered. It's like 
dream as big as you want like imagine yourself you are you could like close your eyes and even do a little meditation or yeah whatever just sure. imagine yourself at your happiest like you are super happy you're super healthy you look the way you do like the, the way you want to and you have endless amounts of money and everything is at your fingertips like what would your ideal day look like mm. um and then from there you like you're already in like a heightened state because you're all excited and you're like oh i feel so good and then from there you can dream your biggest dreams and you can just write like i, don't know, I wake up in the morning with um, like the sun on my face, I'm standing on the balcony in my villa in Spain and <laughs> I have a big view of the ocean and then my partner has made breakfast for me downstairs and brings it to me. So like really being super clear about exactly what you want. Nice. Um, and then from that, you can actually even break your day down. So you say like, okay, so what is in my ideal day? Um, it comprises of having sun, living in a warm climate, for example, I'm just taking my example, maybe. Sure. <laughs> um, and then it comprises of getting movement first thing in the morning and eating all the best, healthiest food and um, having a really physically fit body and so being surrounded by people that also lift your vibration up. That's another thing. Change the people around you if you want to change your life. Um, but... Yeah, basically, like by looking at your ideal day that you've written out, you can take out the elements that you can already start living in your life. Okay, nice. so you go like, all right, so I want to be physically fit. Okay, what do I need to do? I need to work out every day. Um, then you start doing more of that, and I need to eat healthier. Or maybe my friends are shitty, or I only have one friend that's very depressed. Um, so, okay, I, I need to find new friends that actually mm -hmm. resonate me and encourage my dreams, um, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, that's I think clarity um, and the sure. ability to dream is, um, yeah, a, a formula for success. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. And you did a good job there of making a link between our dreams, which is this, you know, completely un, not unrealistic, but it's, it's a fantasy timeline, right? It's like the dream does mm. not exist in any real way, but you can probe the dream for this, for the seeds, let's say, or the real foundation of, of your goals, like tangible things you could do. It's like, in my, yeah, in my dream life, I, uh, I don't have one shitty friend. I have two good friends. It's like, well, okay, maybe I need mm. to start socializing differently or socializing more. That's really mm. fascinating. Now, when it comes to this project of clarity, you're, are you suggesting, uh, what do you do? Do you write this down or you just mentally envision it or, or how would you? Both. So, um, like for example, when I do this process of writing my ideal day, which I generally do in the beginning of the year and then halfway through the year, okay. whenever, or whenever I feel like things have shifted. Cause sometimes, um, like last year, my, my ideal year lasted a whole year and then, um, my ideal day, I mean, and then, okay. yeah, now I've written a new one. Gotcha. So then after that, you, after you write it, um, I spend a lot of time, visualizing it so also like when i'm meditating i try to tap into that best self um nice. just feeling that because by that you're you're lifting your vibration and then you can carry that that feeling with you throughout the day mm -hmm. um and a an, an really easy way to like tap into that if you struggle with meditation is just to even read your ideal day every single day like you have it on a piece of paper or you can print it out or you have it in the beginning of a journal or something um, and you can literally just sit there and read it. And then through reading it, you you feel the feelings again. But also, like, um, you'll eventually start to kind of just read it on autopilot. So you have to mm. make sure that when you're reading it, it's the same as affirmations. You really nice. have to feed it. 
So instead of eventually just reading like, I have the sun on my face, and you're like, cool, good. And you, <laughs> you say, okay, I have the sun on my face. And you feel like, oh, the sun feels so freaking wow. warm on my face. I would really, I like, I feel that right now. So um, definitely like having the emotional side of, of like believing what you're reading is a big, a big part in attracting that energy towards you. That's awesome. And it is, it is, but it goes back to that intention and that sort of mindfulness. It's like when you're going to affirm something or you're going to project your ideal into, into reality, you better mean it, right? Like otherwise it's like you're spending, I mean, we spend so much time immersing ourselves in the lives and thoughts of other people. Mm. You're saying now maybe take some time to immerse yourself in yourself and your own, what what the hell do you want? Because yeah. <laughs> it, it matters because you're never going to get it if you don't think about it. Exactly, yeah. And and a lot of us, like, especially people that are, are born to, like, help others, like, we're people pleasers. And for mm. me, that got away for a long time because I always put everyone else first. Okay. Even, even when I was younger and I was, like, anti-people, I was still putting other people first. <laughs> totally, um, yeah. <laughs> like, you can only live your dream life, like you say, if you put yourself first and, like, immerse yourself in your own world. And I think a number one step to doing that also is, like, giving yourself permission to put yourself first. Like, yeah. You have to love yourself to be able to love others and you have to be happy if you want to have the people around you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, give yourself full permission to just fall in love with yourself and to do everything that you need to do to love your best life. And whether that means quitting your job or taking a two hour daily routine, or even if it's half an hour routine for you, just however much time or whatever you need to do that makes you happiest, just go for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and hundred percent like follow follow the thing that makes you feel most alive because that's that's just kind of the meaning of life for me (laughs) (laughs) all right there you have it part one of my conversation with nikki barnes i hope you enjoyed it i hope it gave you something to uh, not only think about but some things to uh, put into practice in your own life as far as mindfulness um, breathing you know checking in with yourself and what it might mean to live a mindful life and and taking advantage of those those basic everyday tasks we need to uh, we all need to do and uh, using that as an invitation to be mindful so uh, next week we're going to have part two of this conversation uh, furthering our discussion in how to envision and have a clear 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 picture of the life we want to live that better life we want to live uh, as well we're going to talk about some more concrete tips practical things that you can do today to begin that better life and it starts right here inside our body and the way our body is actually speaking to us and perhaps even telling us exactly what we need to do if only we'd listen so stay tuned for that next week and until then please please remember that better is possible